Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Tales from the Attic. That is right, PKD Black Box presents Tales from the Attic, the very first episode. Uh, let me explain to you what this is going to be, people. I, Donnie Salvo, your host, is going to go up into his attic. Go through his 36, 37 long boxes of comics, grab one, and we are going to go through it together. It may suck. It may be a good time. We don't know. Let's take a chance, people. Let's go with it. What do you say? Hmm? 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 All right. But first things first, let me get to the sponsor of this episode. That's right. I got a sponsor. Woo, yay! This week's episode is sponsored by Supershowapproved.com. Supershowapproved.com is a website that tells you about some of the creators and specials taking place at this year's Comic Geek Speak Super Show. And that will be on March 27th and 28th. That is Supershowapproved.com. That's right, in PKD Media, PKDmedia.com. We'll be there in a strong force. There's going to be like a whole island of artists and creators and even me. How do I fit in there, you ask? Well, I am going to have boxes of 50-cent comics. So there, put that in your hat and smoke it, guy. Anyway, let's get back to our very first episode. And the book that I have grabbed out of the attic is Shazam number 18 from... It is May, June of 1975, which means I had just turned two years old. And the name of this tale is... The Celebrated Talking Frog of Blackstone Forest. Dun, dun, dun. We open our tale. <clears throat> we open our tale with Mr. Billy Batson and his friends Sonny Sparkle and Dexter Knox going on a camping trip. Who's leading this camping trip? Who's taking these kids out into the woods? Why, the one and only Mr. Talkie Tawny. If you don't know who Mr. Talkie Tawny is, he is a talking tiger. Stands upright, walks like a human. That's crazy. All I know is these kids' parents are awesome. My parents would never have let me go on a camping trip with a talking tiger, ever, ever. I would have been like, Mom, can I? And she, no. And I, why? Because he's going to eat you. Tigers eat meat. That's how it is. And children, children, babies, the other white meat. I'm telling you. All right, so they're walking through, and, uh, Sonny Sparkle, uh, Billy Batts' friend Sonny Sparkle, <laughs> which I think he had a, a stint in the uh, the gay porn industry after uh, his his uh, after he graduated from uh, Fawcett City High School. Anyway, um, Sonny Sparkle said, "What kind of tree is that, Mister Talkie Tony?" As they're walking through the forest, and uh, Talkie Tony seems a little distracted. He's like, uh, "It looks like an oak tree." Well, Billy Batson comes up, and he's like, well, it looks like a maple to me, Dick. Well, he doesn't say Dick, but he goes, it looks like a maple to me. And he says to his buddy Dexter, Dexter Knox, a.k.a. D-Bag Dexter. That's what we're going to call him. I don't know who invited him on this trip, but he is just a D-Bag. And he's like, you're the scientist, Dexter. How about it? And then he turns around, and he's like, well, Billy, actually, it's a sycamore maple pseudoplantius, to give it a scientific name. And then Talkie Tony eats him. No, that didn't happen. And then, like, Talkie Tony looks embarrassed, man. He's, he's, 
So he's just like, uh, uh, he's trying to say face. So he's like, uh, absolutely right, guys. That kind of slipped through my mind. And uh, he's thinking to himself, he's like, you know, I lived in the jungle half my life. And I never had to know the name of anything. And I could still stay alive because he ate babies. All right, he didn't. So, all right, we're going to go flash forward here. It's at nighttime. The tents are up. Billy Batson is in his underwear with Dexter Knox and Sonny Sparkle. It was the 70s. It was a crazy time. And they're like, it's late. Aren't you going to go to sleep, Mr. Tawny? And he's like, no, I'm going to go for a walk in the woods. Uh, yeah, this reminds me of where I was born. Although he just said he was born in the jungle and this is a forest. I don't know. Maybe we get Dexter the D-bag to tell us the difference. So anyway, Talky Tawny, he's going through the forest and all of a sudden he hears a voice. Hey, you! You! Are you just a funny-looking man or a dressed-up tiger? Who asked you these kind of questions? I'll tell you who. A talking frog! Oh, this is why the 70s are awesome in comics, okay? All right, what are we, like, two pages in? I've already had a talking tiger, now a talking frog. What, what? Anyway, so let's see. Here we go. So he turns around, and, 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 and the frog's like, You understood me. That means you're a tiger. And then he insults him. He's like, <laughs> but I can't say much for your taste of clothes. Look, Mr. Talky Tony's got he's got work boots on. Looks like sweatpants and a flannel. I mean, he's going camping. Who does he have to impress? He looks like those uh, girls from the lesbian bar there down the street. You you know what I'm talking about. Don't pretend like you didn't peek your head in. Anyway, he, he turns around. He's like, this is absurd. Frogs can't talk. But then neither can tigers. Except for me. Now, that's a smooth line for the ladies, Mr. Talky Tony. Have you ever met a talking tiger? Well, you wouldn't unless you've met me. You want to get out of here? Anyway, we're going to get back to the story. And he, he, he just scoops up the frog. He's like a talking frog. Just scoops him. I mean, he's got claws and stuff. He could have shredded this frog to bits. But he didn't. He grabs it. He goes, wait till the boys meet you. And he runs. He runs and runs and runs, and he's like, Hey, Billy, Sonny, Dexter, wake up! And they're all sticking their head out of their tent. Look look who I brought Look who I brought with me. All right, frog, talk. That's what he says. And then Billy's like, he's not saying anything. And then here comes Dexter the D-bag. You know it's scientifically impossible for frogs to talk. You know that. Their throat structure. And even Billy's is sick of him now. He's like, why did I invite this kid? And he just cuts him off. And he's like, yeah, that's a great joke. Can we go back to sleep? So the boys go back in their tents. And, and Talky Tony's like yelling at this this frog. He's like, well, why why didn't you talk to them? And he, he says, because I couldn't think of anything to say. Well, there you go. I guess that's why you wouldn't say anything to anybody. But that's not it, Mr. Talky Tony, because he just told you three panels ago that only animals can understand him. Pay attention. You can't just... You know, go through life being a talking tiger, okay? It's going to run low. Uh, people are going to get bored of it. And, you know, next thing you know, you're in a cubicle at a boring office job asking for Wednesday off because you got to do something with your kid. And, you know, I'm just saying, okay, read a book, talkie. That's all. Just, you know, pay attention. So now we get the origin story. And now here we go. This frog turns around. He's like, you don't understand. There's a witch who put a curse on me. 
I'm really a royal prince. We've heard this before, right? A bazillion times. Any ladies, anytime there's a talk, a talking frog, what do they always say? I'm a prince. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. But he goes into the story, and he he was the prince of this kingdom hundreds of years ago, right? And uh, he was he was driving around his kingdom in his little coach looking for a suitable wife, and then like I don't know, all of a sudden his his coach falls off a, a cliff. And there's, like, guys that just come out of nowhere, and they're like, it's a miracle, the prince is alive, F his coach crashed off the cliffside. And he's just in the distance going, yeah, somehow I seem to have become immortal. Don't don't you hate that? I hate when that happens. So, I mean, lucky for him, he found that out right then and there, because, you know, you wouldn't want to find out the day after your coach crashes off a cliffside. That's all I'm saying. So now he's he's there. He's you, you see a, a backside picture of him, and there's all these chicks in the forefront, looking good. And he's got his Jerry the King Lawler crown on, with his uh, curly flowing locks. And there's a witch that looks just like the witch from Disney's Snow White. I don't know if DC got sued over this, but uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so she she turns around. She's like, "You have to marry me because I gave you eternal life." And, and guys, you could use this if you want to. He he came up with the best excuse ever. He's like, by royal de- decree, um, uh, a prince can't marry a witch. Yeah, that's it. That's a ticket. So then he's also like, but you know what? I don't love you. I just don't love you. If you want to take back your immortality, then do it. I need a woman for me. I've been watching a lot of Sex in the City. I am sensitive. I, I know what I want in a woman, and your haggard ass is just not it. So she gets all pissed, right? She goes, you know what? No, 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 no. This is what I'm going to do, okay? I'm not going to take away your immortality, but I'm going to make you live forever as a talking frog. Bazang! And then boom, there he is. He's living. He's an immortal frog. So the next day, Mr. Talkie Tony, wearing a suit and tie. This is what I love about the DC Universe, people. Okay? Uh, An 11-year-old boy could be walking down the street with a walking, talking tiger in a suit, and no one cares. No one even... So they... Anyway. So they go to Dr. Thomas A. Kilowatt. They go to his house. Dr. Kilowatt. He's an inventor. He's a smart man. He actually invented... The Brainometer, which is basically a furnace with a glass jar, and it has an intelligence meter on the side. From bottom to top, it goes amoeba, clam, fish, frog, mouse, dog, lion, gorilla, chimpanzee. Okay, remember that. There's going to be a test after. So he's like, okay, so this is your talking frog, right? All right. So we're going to put him in this jar. A jar. That's how he's going to talk. I don't know why, but he's going to be quite posh. And he goes and he puts his head in. Oh, wait, he didn't do it yet. Oh, he puts his head in the jar, just his head, and the thing's already, like, up to dog. His head is as smart as a dog, all right? Not even the rest of his body. And he's, like, extraordinary. He's already up to a dog. So then they just shove him in the glass, and then all of a sudden his machine is just going batshit crazy. There's steam and dials just flying everywhere stuff and it's getting like really big like it's gonna explode and 
Talkie Tony's acting a bit bit of a bitch right now, and he's like, "What are we gonna do?" And then the, the Doctor Kilowatt says, "Oh my, the frog's high intelligence is overloading my machine. It's going to explode and take the whole house with it." So then all of a sudden, Billy Batson just turns. He just like turns into Captain Marvel. He's like, "We can't have this." He's like, "Shazam!" And boom, the lightning bolt comes down, and Captain Marvel is standing in front of him. Them, him, you. And he reaches in the jar and he grabs the frog because, damn it, we have to save the frog. The hell with this guy's house and Talkie Tony and Dr. Kilowatt's lives, but this frog is more important. So he gives the frog over to Talkie Tony and he picks up the machine. <laughs> and does he try and open a window? No. Does he try and work anything out where he wouldn't? Bring? No. He just flies this damn near exploding furnace. He just right through the roof from the basement through the roof of dr kilowatt's house i <laughs> i hope billy batson knows a good uh carpenter uh some people in the construction business because i have a feeling that uh in issue number 19 is going to be dr kilowatt sues billy batson so anyway he he flies up in the air and he's he's like this is gonna explode any second i have to throw it out of here but he throws it and it looks like it's going to land in a nearby town. With, <laughs> Someone didn't read a superhero manual. So we cut to another scene where this exploding furnace thing is launching like a rocket. And there's construction workers sitting there. And the construction worker says, look, some screwball scientist gadget is flying towards that hill that we have to blast through today. The number one, they're sitting down eating lunch, which is not really all. That's like the most realistic part of this comic. It's construction dudes sitting around eating lunch. and uh, But if you're living or working in an area where screwball scientist shit is just flying overhead constantly, where it's not even a surprise, it's like, hey, look at that. Um, you should move, I think. You should really move. But then the furnace thing the, the brainometer slams down in the side of the hill and it explodes. And what does it do? Makes a hole in the mountain. So what does the construction guy says? Like a true teamster. He turns around, he looks at his pal and he says, hey, look at that. That thing did all the work for us. Let's take the rest of the afternoon off. Dun, dun, dun. I want to see where they went. Is that continued next issue? I don't know. I wonder where'd they go? They go home, they go hang out, have a couple of beers, they go to the nudie bar, no one knows. But we cut to <laughs> the best super secret agent ever, the KJP agent named Agent Raskolinoff, who is talking into his pen. And he is the best secret KGB agent ever because he is, do you ever hear the expression hiding uh, in an open space? Okay, like hiding right out in front of people. Well, that's what this man is doing. No one suspects a KGB agent who is dressed like a KJB agent. <laughs> KGB agent, sorry. All right. He has got a fluffy Russian hat on with a gold star, a big fat black Stalin like mustache, and a gray overcoat with a red star on it. God bless the Cold War. And he's talking into his pen, and he's talking to his superiors, and he says, I don't know how Dr. Kilowatt did it, 
<laughs> but he invented it. A, a frog that's almost as intelligent as a human. So the Russians just turn around. They're like, if they're going to make animals that smart, imagine what they could do to with humans. You have to get that frog. So he's like, okay, at once, I will get it. So AJ Raskinoff hangs up from his pen. They're all sitting there, and Billy Batson is now Billy Batson. He's not Captain Marvel anymore. And so... Dr. Kilowatt is going, So, Mr. Talkie Tony, you said that frog is really a prince and he can talk to you. Mm, yes. hmm. That does sound suspect, though. Like, if your friend came up to you and says, I have a talking frog, but it only talks to me, what would you think? <laughs> Cuckoo, right? So, he's like, yeah. But, you know, he starts telling about the ancient spell, and he goes and he puts the frog... <laughs> he puts the frog on a windowsill. I don't know why. And... Uh, here comes Agent Raskolnikov around the corner using that super spy secret weapon, the butterfly net. Yes, the butterfly net. Was Russia really that poor? I don't know in, in the 70s, but... Yay, he's got... And he scoops the frog! And the frog is yelling, Help! I've been abducted! And Talkie Tony's like, Oh my God! And he runs after him. And then, boom! Agent Raskolnikov is out the cellar window running to his helicopter that he he land he had a helicopter parked in, in Dr. Kilowatt's backyard. Dude, Dr. Kilowatt has like a regular house. Wouldn't you know that there was a, a fucking helicopter in your backyard, dude? I mean, come on. You got a hole it like goes through the basement all the way up to the ceiling plus windows. You couldn't see that shit. So anyway, he jumps in, he takes off and he says, I have to save my frog friend. Talkie Tony jumps in the air. He leaps. He's grabbed the bottom of the helicopter. It's flying up in the air. Billy Batchett says, my God, we have to save Talkie Tony and the prince. And he goes, Shazam. And he turns into Captain Marvel. And he flies up in the air. Talkie Tony is ready to lose his grip. He's about to fall. Captain Marvel saves him. Throws him down on the ground. And says, I'll be back. Or something. And then he flies back in the air. And Agent Raskolnikov sees Captain Marvel coming after him, and he says, you're not going to take me so easy. I mean, you're not going to mess with a secret agent that has a radio-controlled walkie-talkie pen and the intricate workings of a butterfly net. That's right, this man is no stranger to technology, people. So he turns around, he's like, you're going to come after me? I will blast you with my caldium zapper. I don't know what that means. Look it up. And Captain Marvel says... I don't believe it. He's going to shoot that at me. Hee-hee. I don't know why he turned into David Letterman right there, but he did. He goes, hee-hee. It tickles. But doesn't he know that if he shoots me with that caldium zapper, it's going to bounce off me and hit the rotor of his helicopter? And what do you think happens? Boom. Just like that. Bounces off his chest, hits the rotor of the helicopter. The helicopter crashes. The blades fall to the ground on top of a schoolyard. Children are cut up. Teachers. Bunny rabbits are running in circles. None of this happened. The beam hit the helicopter, and all of a sudden, it conveniently disintegrated the copter blades, and they're crashing to the ground. They're crashing. Captain Marvel, he sees what he needs to do, and he flies over, and he grabs the metal rotor on the helicopter, and he turns himself into the blades of the helicopter. That's right, he's hanging on, and he's spinning around and turning himself into a, quote, Marvel-copter. That's right, I said it, and so did Captain Marvel. He's swinging down, and he's yelling. He's, he says, Agent Rats going off. Land it. So he does. He lands down. They grab him. They give the frog back to Talkie Tawny, who puts him on the ground. No one step on the talking frog. He's an important story element. And then the, the Russian's like, okay, you caught me. What's going on? So then 
Talkie Tony really wants to help this rabbit. I mean, did I say rabbit? Frog. I don't know what's going on. I'm so excited. So he gives, he, he says, I don't know, what, what should we do? So Captain Marvel says, look, I'll go talk to Shazam. And he does it mentally. And Shazam's like, all right, look, dude, I've been around uh, for a long time. And you're either going to have to find the witch that did this to him, which, who is long dead. I mean, she was like a thousand back then, you know. Or you're going to have to find a hot chick to kiss him. No one's No one wants to do that. So then... <laughs> I think the wizard Shazam just made this shit up. He's like, um, uh, or you can always build up mm, enough magic energy uh, by having a friend perform a brave act on your behalf. And they all look at each other and like, Talkie Tony did that. He, without thinking of himself, he leapt up and grabbed the helicopter and tried to save him. That That's a selfless act, right? Very convenient. I call it lazy writing. But it's the 70s. It's a wild time, people. So the frog's on the ground, and he's like, well, you did. You did that for me, Talkie Tony. Why aren't I turning back, damn it? And then all of a sudden, poof, a puff of snow, a smoke, smoke, smoky moke. Poof, a puff of puff. <laughs> Poof! A puff of smoke. Take two, three, nine, seven. And then Captain Marvel says, Holy moly, it's the shadow of a man. And the frog says, the frog prince turns around. He goes, I'm not just a man. I'm Prince Maxwell Frog. P-H-R-O-G-U-E. See what they did there? Huh? And finally, you see the prince from the front. He's got his Jerry the King Lawler crown on with his robes and his stuff and tights and things. But he still has the face of a frog. He 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 has a human. He's a human with the facial features of like a frog. He's ugly, basically. He's ugly. So, so Agent Raskolnikov turns around. He makes no bones about it. He's like, "Dude, you are ugly. You're no handsome prince. You are ugly, ugly, ugly." And then you know Captain Marvel, of course, yells at him. And he says, "You you you show respect to royalty." They've never said what country that this prince is from, but you respect him. He's got a crown. So there's only two things he could be, and that's a real member of royalty or a wrestler with a 30-year-old gimmick. Anyway, back to the book. And he turns around. He's like, no, that's all right. You know, the frog prince turns around, and he says, you know what? That's all right. He goes, I know. All right? I know. I'm, I'm, I'm ugly. Okay, I got this. It's all right. I know I'm ugly, and that's that's okay. That is okay. All right, because you know, <laughs> back in my day, all the young maidens, you know, they wanted to marry a prince so bad they convinced themselves I was handsome. So all these chicks wanted to marry him. They they convinced themselves that he was handsome. All right, and Captain Marvel turns around. This is what he says. Here is the lesson. Okay, there was a lesson in these comics. And he turns around and he says, and the lesson was here, okay, is Captain Marvel says, being handsome isn't important. You don't need muscles like I have, okay? You don't, you don't need a body that fills out this spandex outfit like I have. These chiseled features, this sharp jawline that women go nuts for, the slight eyebrow, okay? You don't need that, Captain, Fro- I mean, Prince Frog. 
You don't need that. Because you have friends. That's the most important thing is you really have friends. And you have plenty of them now. And that is the message of this book. You could be ugly as shit, but it doesn't matter as long as you have friends. But Donnie Salvo is going to, he's going to tell you the real message behind this, okay? The real message behind this comic is you don't need to be handsome. You don't. You don't need good looks. You don't need uh, Captain Marvel's chiseled jaw and buttocks. You don't need that if you got money. If you got money, you got ass for days. And that is the moral of this story, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining me through this walkabout through episode one, Captain Marvel number 18 from 1975. Thank you very much. I hope you had fun. If you didn't, don't worry about it. It'll get better. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna improve together. We're gonna this is an adventure for all of us together to do stuff and things. So thank you very much. And I hope you will join me for episode two, where I will reach into the attic, one of my long boxes, and grab another piece of comics gold. Thank you, thank you, and thank you.